Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Just a quick thing before we begin today's podcast. Are unpleasant symptoms of digestion getting you down? Bloating, abdominal pain, constipation, indigestion, IBS, bowel dysfunction, SIBO, colitis? Well, We are now accepting new applications for our group physiotherapy program. To learn more, go to ecophysio.com forward slash group and submit an application and we will get in contact with you once we receive it to see if it's a good fit for our program. Welcome back to our wonderful listeners. So today on the episode, we are going to be talking about helping athletes make it to the finish line. My guest today is Dr. Tracy Teasdale. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Amazing. I'm excited to have this conversation, but maybe before we like dive right in, maybe you can tell us a little bit about you what and what got you interested working with athletes. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to. Um, I've always just been super fascinated by the potential of the human body, uh, what it can do in a sporting setting. And I think that, you know, as, as years progress, we're just kind of uncovering that, you know, the marathon times have gotten shorter and shorter and shorter. And I think they're going to keep going. We just, you know, did the four minute mile uh, a couple of years back. So I think, you know, this potential of the human body for performance is just something that is, it's so fascinating to me. Uh, and then when I was trying to figure out a career, I was deciding, you know, how do I, I'm really interested in health and medicine. I'm fascinated by human body and movement and how do I combine the two of those? Um, and that led me to, uh, doing an undergrad in McMaster university with kinesiology and then leading that into uh, naturopathic medicine and sport nutrition, which then obviously led me to working, uh, with athletes every day, uh, getting them to improve their own performance and re- and pushing their own limits and boundaries. <clears throat> Amazing. Uh, I always like to hear kind of the evolution or like how people sort of get um, inspired and molded and motivated in particular areas of, uh, of focus. So let's maybe start off with, because uh, this is kind of your sort of saying or your kind of tagline. So, <laughs> yes. um, so I want to kind of find out, like, what do you mean when you say getting athletes to the finish line? Yeah. Uh, so endurance, I work a lot with endurance athletes. I work with all sports across the board, but my passion really lies in endurance sport. I kind of fell into it by accident as well in terms of doing my own um, endurance sport activities. And so one of the things that happens is, you know, people put all this effort into getting to the start line, which is a super huge uh, accomplishment, right? Putting in the training and the work to get there is really important. But um, 
I've had some experiences and I've had patients and athletes have experiences where they just don't get to the finish line or they get there and they just don't feel, it's not as like exciting as they thought it would be because they feel like garbage, right? So they've like pushed themselves. Maybe they've thrown up on the side of the road. Maybe they've got cramps. Maybe they're like, you know, an Ironman finish lines. If you watch videos, you see people are like crawling sometimes, right? And so that's not really feeling happy, healthy, and strong. Um, and so it's great to get to the finish or the start line that way, but we also want people finishing with a smile on their face, achieving their goals as well, um, and not sort of like collapsing in between. So my job is to like get people through the training to the start line and also to the finish line and feel great after. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I mean, certainly when you're kind of envisioning what you hope your you know, event is going to look like, I'm pretty sure crawling across the line is not one of the things that immediately comes to mind. Um, but, uh, you know, it kind of makes me think about, uh, I was reading, um, I don't know if you're familiar with him, David Goggins book. Oh yeah. Yeah. And- I re- listen to it. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I audio booked it as well. And so I was just listening to his, you know, listening to his stories of like his, uh, you know, entering the endurance sports and how he was very, very unprepared when he yeah. initially started. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I don't Not recommend it for most people. <laughs> Sorry. I don't recommend that for most people. I don't recommend pushing through stress fractures right there. He's the Super inspiring, but maybe not the best role model for everyday people for, for mental strength, for sure. But for kind of pushing through and doing maybe things that weren't so smart. <laughs> I think he alludes, story, I think he alludes to that, uh, you know, yeah. like I, most people wouldn't do this and I don't recommend yeah. that you do so, but yeah. Um, but it made me think of that. Cause I was like, he probably didn't think that that was going to be what it was going to look like. Right. And so, you know, you want to think about the whole spectrum of uh, preparation. And so that kind of uh, leads me into like, what's the thing that seems to be missing uh, as part of like athletes preparation? Yeah. The biggest thing I see that's missing for most people is the recovery aspect. So most people, you can, you know, download apps like a couch to 5k program or, you know, marathon training plans online. You can do, you know, triathlon training plans online and they just throw it into their calendar and they do the workouts, but then they forget oftentimes about the recovery that happens or that's required afterwards. So when you're pushing your body um, so hard, sometimes you do need that time afterwards to recover and let it repair um, rather than just like push, push, push. So I think that's, that's actually great that you brought up uh, David Goggins. Cause he just like pushed and didn't allow recovery. And then he his body broke down and then he had to recover after that. He got taken out of the steel training camps because of, well, twice, I think, right. Because of, um, injuries of different kinds. Um, and I get steel training is different than marathon training and endurance training, but, uh, you know, for us as regular folk, um, we really just need to make sure that we're planning those, those days and activities, um, like recovery type activities into our training plan to make sure that we can sustain the whole system. Um, and so that often looks like, you know, appropriate nutrition, re- uh, repairing and replacing nutrient deficiencies. It looks like hydration. It looks like sleep and recovery. It looks like off weeks or downtime weeks or recovery weeks where maybe you, you know, do hiking instead of a long run or, you know, adding some different types of uh, activity into your day that provide a different stress to your body. Yeah. And I'm glad that you sort of also kind of talked about like regular folk. 
Um, <laughs> and so I think it's maybe important before we kind of dive, um, you know, deeper into the recovery aspect, which is, you know, what defines an athlete, right? Like, how are you sort of contextualizing it, you know, for, you know, our regular folk, quote unquote, athletes, when they're doing things, I, I think this is an important discussion, because somebody might not think that, well, I don't do it, you know, professional or whatever. Uh, so therefore, like, maybe I'm not an athlete. So maybe you could shed some light on that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, in my opinion, everyone has the potential to be an athlete. It's really a state of mind more than your physical abilities, I think. Um, and so I, I do see, you know, even in my, in my practice, I've had patients that have completed full Ironman triathlons and then ask them if they felt like an athlete and like, no, I don't, I don't identify with that term. I'm like, you just did an Ironman. Like that's pretty intense and a lot of training and a lot of work and you finished it <laughs> and you don't feel like you're an athlete. So um, to me, it's really more about the mindset. It doesn't matter, you know, your body size, your shape, your ability, how fast you run, how fast you swim, how fast you bike, how long you go, whether you run 2K, 5K or a full marathon or do ultras and 100 milers, doesn't matter. It's really all the state of mind. Um, I think that really should define people as athletes. Yeah. And I assume that, you know, whether you're doing 2K, 5K or 100 mile runs, like recovery is something you need to be considering in all of those things. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Now you also said endurance sports. So mm -hmm. I also want to clarify like what might fall into an endurance type sport and are, and then I have a follow-up question to that, which is like <laughs> endurance sport versus other sport. Like, are there different considerations when you're talking about endurance versus other sports that just kind of popped into my head? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, so there's a couple of different ways we can look at sports. One is kind of strength and power-based sports. So those are things where you're, uh, so like lifting, um, wrestling, those kinds of things where you're doing, I know you're into a lot of that stuff as well, right? Some of the, what, what's your sport again? Uh, jujitsu. Jujitsu, right. I was like, it's one of those and I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> um, so there is endurance to that too, but there's a lot of like a lot more strength required, um, for that. Not that there's not strength required for endurance, but those ones are, you know, shorter, more quick outbursts of, uh, of power. Um, and then you've got intermittent sports. So that's things like, you know, hockey and soccer, where you're going for, you know, 30, well, hockey, you're doing like what 30 to minute shifts, basically maybe two minutes max. Um, and then you're getting a rest and then you're going out again and then you're getting rest and you're going out again. So we call that intermittent. Same thing can happen in um, things like soccer depending on your position, because you do get, you know, you're sprinting and you're doing really hard work for a short period of time. And then you get a little bit of a break or at least a less intense part of your session, right. Or part of your sport. Um, and then there's endurance, which is like longer, longer term kind of consistent, more consistent uh, energy output and power output over a longer period of time. So usually it's things that last over a few minutes to, <laughs> A few days. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, sometimes it can last a uh, really quite long where you're kind of, well, I'm thinking a hundred mile run. That's like a, I think if I recall from the book, cause I don't, I don't do endurance sports. <laughs> Let's just be very clear about that. Um, that it took 24 hours or more for a hundred yeah. mile. Yeah. How do you run for 24 hours? You know, that's that to me is like, 
I don't know that I could do that. Yeah, I see. I think anyone probably could if they really wanted to. That's I think the want is the issue, right? <laughs> Not everyone. And if you don't even like running to begin with, then like, why would you even think about wanting to run for 24 hours straight? Um, although it can be a learned, a learned love. So <laughs> for sure, for sure. I, yeah, it's very uh, important to include the want part. Uh, I've just never been a runner that's, I don't know, hurts my ankles, you know, uh, I don't, I don't have the motivation to do that, but you know, I'll run in a warm up for jujitsu. <laughs> like I will do it for a short period of time, but it's not, you know, it's not my passion, but I can see how that would be a really great physical exercise and mental exercise of like seeing what your body and your mind is capable of enduring. Right. So, so mm-hmm. I can see how that might be really helpful, you know, um, for people. Yeah. I will say to you, like, it's kind of funny. I, know, I actually used to hate running when I tell people that they're usually kind of floored. Cause I, I, I did just did like a 30, more than 30 day run streak. I ran every like four to five K a day, at least every day for a whole month and a bit. And it was just something that I did every day. And if you asked me, you know, 15 years ago, if I ever thought I would like, like writing so much, I would do it every day. I would have like laughed in your face. <laughs> what? No, I hate running. Running is like, it's so dumb. <laughs> um, and I used to do like, I used to do team sports. And then I moved back into a smaller town as a adult female. And there just wasn't a lot of opportunities. Um, but the one thing I can say, like I grew up, I played a lot of basketball and while you can, you know, push yourself in basketball, they're definitely, it's definitely a different kind of, um, like self-confidence and self-efficacy that you get out of, out of running. Cause you actually, you can see the improvement a lot more, uh, what's the right word? Specific, you just, objectively, yeah. objectively. Yes. That's probably it. Right. Because it's, it really only relies on you and team sport relies on your team, which I mean, that's, that's cool (laughs) and it's great, but it relies on a lot of other external factors. And so you, um, with, with running and endurance sport, it is literally just you versus yourself. Um, and that's really cool. So you can see the changes over time. Yeah, totally. And I'm curious about, so we're kind of talking about, obviously, you know, I sort of alluded to like the mental and kind of some of the physical um, benefits, but maybe you could dive a little bit deeper into what are, you know, what are some benefits of endurance sport and why, you know, why would somebody maybe want to get engaged in such activities? Yeah. Uh, mostly if they like self-punishment, <laughs> just kidding, kind of <laughs> not always comfortable doing some of this stuff, but I think that's the point, right? You actually learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. You get to, you know, learn to push your body. And if your body can do these things, um, and you can, you know, end up, if you can do a half marathon, uh, just because you decided you wanted to, what else can you actually do because you decided you wanted to and other aspects of your life, right? And if you can show up with like the commitment and dedication um, and execution that you need to get yourself to the start line and the finish line, that those kinds of skills um, and discipline really can play out into other aspects of your life, whether it's uh, like work, family, any, anything really, right? Um, and then the other cool thing, I mean, there's lots of cool things, let's be honest. <laughs> Well, I was thinking um, like stress management for sure. Yeah. Right. In the sense of like, you're like, but wait, aren't you stressing yourself? And it's like, yeah, but it's a different 
kind of stress where you're kind of stressing your body to move into more optimal, you know, I'm sort of thinking of like immune response or inflammatory response, right? You have like lots of inflammation, but then exercise takes that bad kind of inflammation and makes it good inflammation. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's so many really cool aspects to it. So it's definitely the immune piece. Um, where yeah, exactly it like exercise in itself is like, it's a painkiller. Um, and it is also, um, an immune stimulant, right? So it actually improves our immune system function because it's just getting everything moving and it's moving after an acute bit of exercise, your, um, white blood cells actually leave your blood and they go out into the rest of your body and like do surveillance and try to find if there's any, you know, rogue cells out there and they just kind of clean it up. Right. And so it's really cool. I know that that's actually really kind of cool. I know. So there's the immune benefit, which is like super exciting. And then there's the stress benefit, right? So I always, I kind of laugh and say that like coffee and running make me a better person. (laughs) (laughs) A better person after I have a cup of coffee and I'm a better person if I've gone for a run. (laughs) It's because they both, it puts me in a better, um, a better mindset. There's so many positive um, mental health benefits to, uh, to any kind of exercise really. Um, there's a whole book on it. Actually, there's a psychiatrist named John Rady. He wrote a whole book called spark and it's about how he's a psychiatrist and he was using um, intense physical activity to actually um, help his patients with panic attacks and anxiety and depression. He also did some research on some schools where they had kids doing physical activity before their most intense or like their most difficult class and their marks actually improved. So if they, if they had a hard time with calculus, they would do, they had to do gym and then calculus right afterwards. And the students that did that actually improved. So there's even a cognitive benefit um, in terms of, you know, focus and memory and attention. And then it increases something called BDNF, or brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which is like miracle growth for your brain cells and your neurons. So it actually helps to, you're more focused while you're there, but it also helps to like file those memories properly in your brain. So it's like, it's so cool. I'm so <laughs> happy about it. That I did my little boxing workout routine, my virtual boxing, um, which is kind of cool uh, before this, because now I'm like, ooh, you know, I'm all, my brain's all pumped up for this podcast. I'm glad I did that. Your brain cells go. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. Um, and then there's also the sleep benefit, right? So the more active we are, the better sleep we get, generally speaking. Um, I mean, there's a point. Sometimes you, I know sometimes if I'm like overtired from activity, I have a hard time sleeping but there's a happy medium where, you know, if you start to burn a bit of energy and kind of deplete your body battery just a little bit, um, through physical activity, then you actually sleep better and you get a you get better quality sleep and you get deeper sleep and you wake up feeling more refreshed. So sidebar question. Yeah. Um, about timing intent, like timing activity, because, you know, one of the things that I find for myself, like, a, that's like, um, I'm going to say it's more of a mindset mental block, uh, that my brain will say, oh, I'm so tired. I don't want to yeah. go to the, I don't want to go to jujitsu today. And I have learned to basically say that is just a thought and it's not fact. And you're just going to get in your car, you're going to drive there. And like, once you're finally there and you're like talking to people and you, you know, you start the warm up, like that thought disappears. And then when I finish the class, I'm like, damn, I have so much more energy. 
Yeah. So I'm wondering because I mean, I do my jujitsu at nighttime, but I don't go to bed necessarily right away. I kind of wind down afterwards, but because exercise has this ability to boost your energy, that's why it's kind of not a great excuse because like, I'm too tired, but you'd actually have more energy if you did exercise. Um, is it better to do it in the morning or evening? Like, is there a thing where timing it can affect your sleep? Uh, for some people, and it can depend on the type of energy too, but at the end of the day, honestly, um, I'm just a fan of getting it in wherever you can. And if it's, even if it's more ideal to do something in the morning, if the only time you have is the evening, then do it then. Cause I don't just get it in. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't want to like create other excuses for people. Oh, it's better if I do this in the morning and I can't, so I'm just not going to no, just get yes, it. yes, yes. Totally. hundred <laughs> percent. I, I, I was, it was just a thought that kind of popped into my mind yeah. because I don't happen to have issues. Like I'll exercise, I'll have more energy, I'll get home and I'll do something for an hour. And then like, you know, it's dark outside and the melatonin starts kicking in and I'm like, okay, well now I'm tired. And so, I'll, you know, go to sleep. So it, it, I just wasn't sure, you know, if there was a more specific ideal time. So. Yeah. Right before bed is usually not ideal. Yeah. Especially for intense exercise, but a couple hours beforehand is usually okay for most people. Um, but it also depends on the person too. Everyone's a little bit different in terms of what affects their sleep and how like finicky of a sleeper they are to begin with. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Sorry. That was a total sidebar question on the benefits of doing endurance sports. And, and so the other things that, you know, kind of sort of come to my mind are obviously cardiovascular, you know, respiratory function, muscular growth. I'm yeah. Sure add in blood sugar regulation. Yeah. Bone health, bone health, <laughs> joint health. Actually, this is a, this is a fun one. Cause most people like one of the biggest myths about running is that running so bad for your knees. Um, but it's actually, there's no evidence to support that. Um, and actually, so if, if you're an elite here, here's sort of when you break down the science across all the different endurance sports, if you're elite, that's usually not as good for your health as if you're recreational. So if you're the person who's like, winning the marathons and you're in the Olympics or you're in like year after year. And if you're doing Ironmans for like 20 years and racing Kona and winning prize money, that's not that great for your health. Um, although you're probably going to have a hard time convincing those people to not do it. <laughs> mm. But for us, like again, regular folk, right. Um, as normal mortal folk, the benefits of physical activity and in terms of joint health <clears throat> and heart health and like all of those things is actually positive. Yep. I would, yeah. I would agree that from, uh, you know, physiotherapy research mm -hmm. on hip and knee osteoarthritis, the evidence is quite clear that those who exercise experience less pain than those mm -hmm. that do not. And even if the situation is that they, the both groups are going in for, let's say a knee replacement or hip replacement, there's still time until that surgical uh, procedure. And it's still quite clear that those who exercise go into the surgery reporting less pain than yeah. individuals who don't exercise. Mm -hmm. And they usually have better rehab outcomes too, right? Oh yeah. Better. Recovery. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'd also argue too, this, this is just my own thought that, you know, if in terms of the endurance world, right. If some of these um, athletes were doing a little bit better job in, I mean, the elite athletes for sure, but they, they push themselves a little bit harder 
Um, although I'm sure there's still some aspects of their health that they could probably improve upon. Um, but again, for us, like us mortals, um, increasing and improving our recovery techniques is actually going to help us to prevent those, you know, so-called negative side effects that people are scared about. So if you can take time to do recovery, if you can cross train, if you can add these things in that are going to help support the rest of your body, then it's actually going to reduce the load and the stress. Um, and you should be way less worried about things like heart disease and arthritis and, 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 right. Mm -hmm. So let's uh, transition into recovery. So when you say recovery, like, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say that the thing that kind of initially pops into my head is like, all right, I'm in recovery time. I'm going to sit on my couch. I'm going to put my feet up and I'm going to do nothing. Like that's uh, like, it's the first thing. I mean, I know that that's not what recovery means, but it's kind of like the thing that, you know, most people, when they say, when you say rest and recovery, it's kind of like, oh, it's like just kind of sitting and not, you know, just not doing things. So I want to clarify from your perspective, the context under which you, uh, you know, when you say recovery, what does that mean? Yeah, it means all the things that you're doing outside of your training session, <laughs> pretty much. So it is the foods you're putting into your body, the quality of foods, the macronutrients, the micronutrients. Um, it is how much water you're drinking. It's if you're replenishing your electrolytes uh, and staying hydrated. It is your sleep. It is how you manage your stress throughout the rest of your day. It is, um, sometimes it's laying down and like putting your feet up or having a nap for sure. <laughs> but it could also be <clears throat> things like stretching, yoga, um, act other forms of active recovery. So even just going, you know, like a walk or a hike or something different like that, that isn't part of your regular scheduled programming. Um, those are kind of the, the biggie. Did I say sleep? If I didn't say sleep, sleep for sure. <laughs> I can't remember. I was like, yeah. I was just nodding. I was like, yeah, the list. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's all the things, right? <laughs> all the things. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Right. Because, you know, what we often, you know, talk to my clients about like what you're putting in or not putting in is going to affect how your system works, what you're thinking, how you're feeling, your stress management informs your body of like what it needs to do. And it's either going to move toward more optimization or not toward optimization yeah. and then like environment, your environment too, and how you're interacting with the environment impacts your overall health. So when we're talking, I think what you're saying is recovery is a holistic, you know, mind, body, yeah. spirit, mental, emotional kind of component that you want to take a look at. Yeah. Cool. Sure. <laughs> so any, um, Anything that you want to say about like optimize, like, is there an optimal recovery? Like, are there sort of, because you say diet and like macro, eh, macronutrients, et cetera, but you know, are there specific things that like, for example, in endurance sports that like you sort of see is sort of lacking most consistently that would be really important for optimal recovery? Yeah, there are usually well, I mean, there's a lot, but I'll give you the top three that I see. Okay, cool. Top uh, three number, is cool. Yeah. <laughs> number one is protein. Um, so I've rarely met an endurance athlete that gets enough protein in their diet. They all say, oh, I, my diet's great. I eat really good food. I get lots of protein and then I get them to track it. And they are usually 
maybe 50 to 60% of their actual protein goal uh, based on the best available evidence and their, their athletic goals. <clears throat> so protein for sure. The other one is like a post-workout nutrition. Um, so I know I used to be pre-pandemic, <laughs> used to be in front of like run groups and things. And so, you know, you go, you do a run and then everybody would go for coffee afterwards and, you know, coffee, coffee after run is fine. It actually improves um, your ability to put glycogen back into your muscles, but they don't usually have anything good with it. Um, or they'll have like a bagel. And so they're just missing out on this like really awesome post-workout opportunity to load their bodies up with good restorative foods um, that are good sources of carbohydrates and protein. The argument I get a lot of times um, and that some of the pushback is, you know, several years ago, we used to think about this like anabolic window after a workout where, you know, you had that, it was that you have to eat within 30 minutes of the gym or else your workout's blown, right? Um, or up to an hour after, because after a workout, you have all these anabolic hormones floating around your body and their job is to take all the good things from your blood and throw them into your muscles and help rebuild and repair and recover. Um, that's since been... I don't want to say like debunked, but if, as long as you're getting all of that in during your a 24 hour period, basically, then there's really not a big difference between getting it in, in that like half hour time versus getting all of the things you need in during a day. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think what you're saying is we initially thought you had this very short window where you would get the benefits, but what you're saying is the science is actually showing you're, you're going to still get a about the same results within a 24 hour period. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. here's the caveat. That's if you only work out once a day, or if there's, if you have a 24 hour period between your one workout and your next workout, that's cool. You can show up fully recovered, but what if you run in the night and swim in the morning? Oh, right. Or what if you, what if you do too? What if you swim in the morning and bike at night? Right. So what if you don't have 12 hours in between or 24 hours? Sorry. But if you don't have 24 hours in between, you're actually missing out on that recovery that you, that would benefit you much more significantly. So I think, um, you know, if you're doing workouts three to five times a week, kind of like that, that's totally cool. You don't have to worry about the anabolic window, but if you are working out in the night and in the morning or twice in a day, uh, which a lot of endurance athletes will, then that kind of post-workout window actually is much more important than we think it is. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah that good distinction or good, you know, just to make people aware of, of that piece. Okay. That was that number yeah. two. So the first that was protein. Yeah. Second was Anna or the time frame the and getting the yeah. right nutrients. Yeah. And then the third is hydration. How much just getting, getting enough, uh, so much that your urine is clear, pale to clear. I always get my, my athletes to look in the toilet after they go to the bathroom and just look at the color. Um, so the darker it is, the more dehydrated you are. Okay. So basically, yeah. well, because, you know, patients always ask, or they'll say, you know, seven to eight glasses. Well, I'm pretty certain that's going to vary depending on body size, body type, level of activity, yeah. um, you know, Great condition, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How hot it is outside. So, so that's just a good distinction. And again, total sidebar, just pelvic health physio. Like I ask about pee and I also ask about poop and I have like 
diagrams that I'll show in the, and it, it's surprising how often people are shocked. They they're like, firstly, you have a poo chart. I'm like, yes, I have a poo chart. And two, it's <laughs> like, people look at their poo and I'm like, well, you should just yeah. to know if something's up. So anyways, you should look yeah. at your pee and poo. Like, yeah, I know I it's about that all the time too. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, there's some important information that your body is giving you with those things. Like, at least, you know, not don't have to do it every time, but like be consistent with checking to see where things are at. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> had, to, had to toss, had to toss that, uh, that piece in there. Is there a time or like certain signs or symptoms that people should be aware of, of when they should not be training? So like when we're talking about endurance athletes, you know, exercising, let's say twice a day, uh, you know, is there kind of like a particular line where it's like, if you hit this critical point, you really need to like, not do anything. Yeah. So there's a couple of different markers of, so in that point, we're kind of talking about like over, overreaching, overtraining. And so most, um, most training schedules will actually push people a little farther than their body is like really wanting to go. And that's called overreaching, which is good. You do it for a very short term and then you like have that recovery time afterwards and then you recover repair and then you start all over again. <clears throat> but if you're, if you keep overreaching, then you actually end up in this place called overtraining. Um, and that can lead people to symptoms like, um, you know, more frequent colds. It can be aches and pains that just don't go away. It can be reduced uh, motivation for training. It can be things like increased anxiety and depression. It can be things uh, or like more irritability. It can be reduction in sleep quality and sleep quantity. Uh, it can be things like reduced focus um, at work and like just at overall energy feelings, like not feeling energetic. Um, so those are kind of the things that we look for. Um, and then the other one too is like if you do have an injury, um, that's something definitely obviously you want to get looked at and talk to your your favorite healthcare practitioner to figure out a return to play. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So those those are kind of the big ones that we look for. Um, but a lot of athletes have a hard time trying to really, you know, narrow down what like how is my energy and how is my sleep and how are, how are things going? Um, and so sometimes that's really, there's a lot of like applications and technology that can help athletes just be really more in tune with their body from, um, an objective perspective. Right. So we talked about, you know, when you don't feel like going to the gym, um, but you know, just my brain says no, but I'm like, I feel better when I do. So how do you know if it's between your brain saying like, I just don't want to, and like finding all the excuses or like, maybe I really shouldn't. Right. Mm, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That can be a challenging distinction. And so great that you brought up, um, you know, apps and devices. Uh, can we talk a little bit about, you know, are there some better apps to focus in on with respect to, you know, uh, athletes and, you know, endurance training and like, what should they be tracking firstly? Yeah. So, uh, the things that I think they should be tracking are overall energy expenditure. Um, so how many calories are burning in a day that also correlates to what their training looks like. So you can take a peek at their training schedule and intensities over time. 
Um, I think heart rate's a really great one to track. Um, even if you just do like a morning heart rate, uh, like when you're lying in bed, um, that can actually, you know, increases in that over time, like it should decrease as you get fitter, right. Your resting heart rate decreases as you get more fit. But if you're noticing that it's actually higher or getting higher, um, that can be an early sign of like overreaching over, over training and then sleep quality. There's a lot of apps that you can do for that as well. And then there's some other things that can help you to monitor, um, like your overall stress levels. Um, and so there's apps for your phone and a lot of smartwatches will do that. And then I always like people to track, um, what they're eating and what their hydration is like. Lots, <laughs> so, of, lots, lots of tracking, lots of tracking. Yeah. I mean, which, you know, if we're talking certainly elite, um, you know, athletes that are looking to optimize their performance, you know, their motive, you know, their motivation levels are pretty, pretty high. Right. Um, yeah. but for us mere mortals, you know, <laughs> um, should, you know, are, you know, at a base minimum, you know, sleep, you know, heart rate, you know, um, should they be as focused on like tracking the rest or, you know, looking at those two things? Is it? Yeah. I think, yeah. So most endurance athletes will have some sort of like smartwatch, um, like a GPS watch that they'll use to track their training. And most of those smartwatches do a lot of this for you without even trying. You just have to wear it and look at it. Right. (laughs) So for example, I have a Garmin. I don't have a there's no affiliation. Um, I just like it because it tracks my workouts really well. And there's multi. Anyways, I just like it. Um, but it gives me all sorts of data anytime I want to look at it. So it tracks my sleep. It tracks my heart rate. It tracks my stress level. It tracks what's called a, like a body battery, which is essentially how charged you are, like how much energy you have as a, as a human being. Um, for, it goes from 5% up to 100%. And so you can use that to see um, what your energy levels are like. Um, I can also track things like my cycle on there. I can track, um, my heart rate or I already said heart rate, uh, breath rate. I can track my overall stress levels from moment to moment. Um, and I can also track my hydration on there too. So it's like pretty easy to do if you have the right, the right kind of technology. Um, and then in terms of tracking diet and nutrition, it's not something people have to do all of the time, but I feel like it's a good, um, a good exercise for people to do so that they have an awareness, right? Cause most people have no, they, they think they have an idea of what they're eating and what they're like, what the quality of the diet is like, but they, they usually have no clue. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a sound harsh, but like most people have no idea what it looks like until they take a peek at it. Right. I have a great diet. I have so much protein. I eat enough to fuel my workout and then, or all my workouts. And then we get them to track and like, Oh my goodness, I don't get enough protein. I don't get enough carbs. I barely eat. I don't eat a lot of fat. I'm like 600 calories short on a regular basis. No wonder I'm tired. Right. (laughs) Right. Okay. Fair enough. So yeah. So, you know, tracking, tracking helps you understand things better. Yeah. Yeah. And I always say like, you know, because we're in, you're in business, I'm in business. A lot of people um, have uh, like you, you can't they have bank accounts and all that kind of stuff, right? If you don't track what's, what's going on, you have no idea, right? If you don't have targets, if you don't have, if you don't take some time to look at like your bank statements and look at your credit card statements, like, and look at what's coming into your bank accounts and what's going out, like you have no idea, right? And so it's almost like a budget for your body, really. Right. Yeah. Love that. And if you, if you don't measure it, you can't, 
understand it and you can't have control over it. Right. Or impact it. So hundred percent, hundred percent tell, uh, so you, um, you've kind of created a course. I have (laughs) to kind of make all of this obviously more in depth with more education, with more information, you know, for people, but it's speak English for people who would like to either get into endurance sports or are in it, but maybe want to up level, or maybe they're like, I had never considered this, 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 and this. Can you tell us a little bit about what your course is about and what's in it? And yeah. Yeah. It's basically uh, this entire conversation and a little more in much more depth. (laughs) So it's an online, like it's a do it yourself uh, evergreen course so you can sign up anytime you have lifetime access to it as well it's called optimize your sports performance and so it talks about um, the mindset piece and some of the traps that people fall into and how to set yourself up um, how to set appropriate goals um, and those kinds of things and then it also talks about the different types of things you could be tracking and there's i have a cheat sheet for all the apps you can try so if you're looking for apps to support or to track your hydration or to track your cycle or to track your diet there's cheat sheets all in there as well. Um, it talks about recovery in terms of like the stress and the sleep. Um, so the difference between good stress and bad stress and how to improve your sleep quality. And um, cause most of our recovery actually happens while we're sleeping too. So that's another kind of key, key piece. And then it talks about nutrition. So generalized day-to-day nutrition, but also the roles um, and common deficiencies in endurance and in athletes in general, but mostly endurance athletes too. Uh, and then also hydration. <laughs> So it's sort of a, everything you need to know to get started, of course. Um, and then it will, should highlight areas where you can start to make um, small wins on your own. And then uh, if you need some more support, then there are people that can help you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's meant to like, kind of give you basically like all of the information you would want to know rather than like, you know, searching you know, endlessly in the internet, having no idea how to piece any of these things together. Like this is like a full, you know, like giving you the full kind of foundational understanding piece that is going to give you wins. But then, yeah. you know, everybody's, some, you know, there are individuals who sometimes will need more specific advice. And then that's where practitioners come in like yourself. Yeah, you got it. So- One of the things... Yeah, one of the things I find, um, and it's something that like, so there used to be this thing called bro science, right. Where, and it's usually related to like so-called gym rats, right. Where it's like these, you know, dudes in the gym say, take this because it worked for me. Or, you know, they read some article somewhere in some magazine that's not well-referenced and then they try and say, oh yeah, this is the thing you got to do. And then that like becomes the science of the gym. Everyone does it right. But there might not actually be really good benefit to it. The same thing happens across the board, right? Um, And so you'll see that in across all sports where someone will say, this is what worked for me. So this is what everyone should do, right? Um, But that's not really how science works. And so this is like a culmination of this course is a culmination of the science um, and my 12 years of practice working with endurance athletes and being one myself. So it uh, encompasses all of all of that. And makes it easily to easily understandable and digestible for people to really start to implement. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. So, where can people find out more information? Like, where can they find your course? Where can they find you? Like, how can they interact if they just want to hang out and 
see the kind of info you're putting out, where, where do they go? Yeah, I think the best, there's the two best places would be Instagram. So my Instagram handle is uh, Dr. Tracy ND. So D-R-T-R-A-C-E-Y-N-D. Um, so I have in there, there's, um, like on my links, there's a link to download some of my, some of my free, free content. And there's a link to purchase the course as well. Um, and also if you, you know, needed, if you wanted to chat on a one-on-one basis, there's a link there as well to set up a consult. Uh, and then Facebook is another great place as well. So, um, my business page is Dr. Tracy Teasdale ND. Excellent. Wonderful. Yeah. And the links to both will be in the show notes to make it easy for people who may not have the ability to write it down right now. So if you just go into the description of the podcast, you will find those links there. Well, I love having these conversations because I learn something new every time I do these interviews. So I just want to thank you Uh, for taking time out of your schedule to, you know, have this chat with me, educate my audience and, you know, just help athletes in general, you know, optimize their recovery and performance. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, this is great. And of course, I always want to thank our listeners who join us, uh, you know, listening to the podcast, of course, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss any of our amazing weekly uh, episodes. And of course, share this out because, you know, if you know athletes uh, in your life, friends, family, share it out. Because again, I learned something new. I didn't know white blood cells left the blood to go to the muscle and like seek and, you know, destroy any, you know, bad guys out there. So like, you never know what somebody's going to learn and how that might positively impact their life. So share it out and we will connect with everybody on the next podcast. Take care. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to living a better life podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again. Until the next episode. Bye for now.